Okay, so welcome to the as of yet unnamed podcast. <laughs> My bad. Where we just talk about movies and entertainment and comic books and what have you. I am your host, the marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my intrepid younger brother, MD3, Margaret Dudley, checking in. What's going on, people? What up? So basically, uh, why don't you tell them uh, what this podcast is going to be about and kind of like the the general aim we're going for. I'm sure we'll iron a lot of this out, but uh, we're going to be talking a lot of movies because the world needs another movie (laughs) and pop culture and geek film podcast and or listening uh, device but um yeah we're gonna be talking a lot of movies some comic books maybe some video games just pop culture in general gonna be very irreverent i can tell you that much now uh yeah maybe some video games will show up and uh yeah in jokes that probably no one else but you and me will get but that's most definitely you're gonna hear a lot of distinguish and publish Publish. long-running jokes and stuff like that they're well established well established um so yeah, Michael, give them your, your geek cred, man. We're, we're both certified, but I'm, I'm going to give you all the rundown for the uninitiated. Uh, so I've been reading comic books since I was about eight years old. Uh, always been interested in writing and stuff like that. I've written a few things, nothing of real credibility, but uh, I have I do have a minor in film studies from Florida State. And um, yeah, uh, been writing a lot of reviews of comic books and, and movies online, especially on Facebook, uh, for a long time. And people have always just said that I need to put this down and put it out to a more mass public. So this is my attempt to do that. Yeah, uh, I am in the school of hard knocks. And <laughs> you will find that out very quickly. Uh, no, I'm currently enrolled in college and... Uh, been reading comic books since pretty much Michael was the father of my game on that. He's my older brother, so uh, we're both 90s babies, so I'm 35. He's, what, 39 now? Me? Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll edit that we'll out. We'll edit that out. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll fix that in post. But, uh, yeah. We're both young and virile, young so and virile. line up, ladies. 90s products right And there. also, if we have not had sex and you would like to do it, Please meet me by the nacho card. Indeed, Lily on Phelps. <laughs> so yeah, so um, we're pretty much going to dive into it. Uh, we were asked to make a list from about our top 10 movies and comic books. And 10 is hard to, to kind of yeah. flatten out because they yeah. can change on any given day. I think any avenue you go, go through the DVD collection, rewatch something and be like, this is my favorite shit of all time. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot. It's like asking a fat kid what his favorite cake right. is. Right. So we're going to break down some of the hows and whys uh, of some of these. Uh, Mikey, you want to hit them with your list? Uh, sure. So my top ten on movies is, first and foremost, is it's it always has to start off with a tie because controversy. Because we're Clerks, indecisive. Right, because I'm indecisive. Clerks and Mallrats from Kevin Smith. Um, Hang on, let's put a pin in that. What brought you, why why those two? Why those two? How did they make the cut above? Because Mallrats was the first Kevin Smith movie that I ever saw. Uh, I saw that in theaters when it was playing at Miracle 5 here in town. And went and talked to my friends about it in at, uh, at school the next day. And was like, oh my god, I loved it. It had comic book references. It was geeks talking about you know what is what what does the thing's dick look like is it made out of orange rock <laughs> you know what happened can can mr fantastic stretch any part of his body you know what happens you know when lois lane and superman has just 
great comic book stuff and then cameos by Stan Lee and humor and, you know, raunchy, you know, 90s coming of age story. And then talked about that. And then the next day, my friend was like, if you love that, you should see Clerks. Clerks right. And that was the movie that made me want to be a director, writer, some sort of like film capacity. Was it the like accessibility of Clerks of like anybody can do it kind of thing of like, because well, it almost made my list too, only in the sense of I love the fact that he just wrote a movie about what what he likes to talk about yes. and just disguised it as two dudes that like the whole monologue that Randall goes on about like how the Empire had to hire like independent contractors yes. is just like this it doesn't progress the plot in any real way. No, no, no. Character. It, it it's a completely time wasting movie and yet I connect to it so much because it's just like I'm gonna steal a line from Kevin Smith because I've heard him say this before. When You'll he, get a lot of this. Bro. Yeah, when he, when he saw when he saw Slacker, he thought, "Oh my God, this counts as a film." And it was very much the same for me. I was like, "I didn't know that like you could just do this and people would pay money to see it. Like all it is is just people right. bullshitting and talking about the things that they were going to talk about anyway." Right. Holy crap! Like for those uninitiated, he's talking about Richard Linklater's Slacker, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so that was so those two hold a real special place in my heart. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, and those were the two that really set me on that path. And uh, yeah, yeah, made me want to get involved in in like the creative process. Yeah, as I said, Michael's father to my game on a lot of this shit. So like when he showed me Clerks, we were at my aunt's house, and when she lived out in the sticks, pretty, pretty <laughs> way back in the day, and. Uh, uh, I saw Clerks and I like didn't I didn't really connect with it. Like, I didn't dislike it, but I think I was I ended up going to sleep. And then later he went back like and showed me Mallrats and he rented it. And I thought it's I watched that movie and Michael can attest to this. Michael went away to the Coast Guard later, and when he came back, I had been watching Mallrats every day that summer, like every day, which that'll lead me into my one of my <laughs> comedies. I love irreverent stuff, but I'll just give you my first three because it was. Mallrats, The Pest, John Leguizamo's Wonderful The Pest, and if you hate that movie, then you got no place here. Uh, <laughs> We're going to talk about The Pest. Uh, uh, right. The Ladies' Man and Half-Baked and Mallrats. Like those, those movies were on a constant rotation on VHS yep. every day for like two summers. Yep. And so those three on any given day are like... Like, I love The Pest. It's just a cartoon, man. It's a Looney Tunes movie. Like, come to life. And they got... Terrible reviews, but like I based my life off of that film. Like, <laughs> like every video game character I create, it's like pest. Back in the day, all my passwords, pest. <laughs> Everywhere. We can cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, we're not in anymore. Somebody accessing your old Yahoo's yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm typing in the MySpace right now. Yep. Yep. We have to find the back of MySpace. Probably is. But yeah, like I. I love just silly, like, I love a lot of movies that are just panned critically and commercially. Like, MacGruber is really high on my list, too. Like, I I love just silly, stupid stuff. But it's, like, very niche. Like, it's not all stupid comedy relates to me, but, like, if it talks to me, I'm going to watch it 40,000 times. Like, you you do tend to like a lot of the, like, character movies in terms of yeah. people who do silly voices and slapsticky and and... and 
I mean, yeah, that is the ladies' man is an SNL skit stretched to ninety. Yeah, yeah. So he's been doing pretty much the past is. The past is just him doing different racist voices for like pretty ninety much. minutes. <laughs> pretty much. Well, we won't go there, but yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, it's funny as hell, but like again, it's like Looney Tunes. It definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's stuff that definitely like he does that would not fly in today's book society, yeah. which is yeah. Maybe this will help you decide. <laughs> no, it's he. John Leguizamo plays a scam artist in that. And in it, at one point, they go to a club, and they drive this Jeep around, and their goal is to get tickets to get into the club, the high Scottish Mafia. And they press a button, and they transform their Jeep. They, like, ma- like speakers just magically grow out of the bottom. And they, <laughs> they turn the bass up, and they knock these two goofy white dudes out. And that, like, spoke to me so much. I, like, <laughs> I wanted that Jeep. Still to this day, <laughs> turntables. Oh man, yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. We could get to something right there. Okay, so top five cars that you want from movies. Oh, Not now. We, we don't yeah, have to do it oh, now. Yeah. But maybe let, let's put a pin yeah. in that. We'll come back yeah, to that. Put a pin in that. Mark it down. I can tell you, you right now, the Akira motorcycle is on that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so that. Oh, see now I got to come up with something better. Okay. Well, so we'll now I got to come up with something way better. We'll I know what I want. Like, look, the boat from Days of Thunder. <laughs> what was the, the boat movie? Tom Cruise in it? Oh. The boat movie? Oh. Uh, no. Uh, whatever. Um, what boat movie am I thinking of? Whatever. I don't know. We'll come back to it. Talking about from Jaws? No. Yeah, you would like to look at it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll cross those bridges. <laughs> yeah, I might be like the car from Days of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said boat, whatever. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, because you're thinking of uh, it's on the the cover, isn't it? Thunder in Paradise, which is the which is the Hulk Hogan. I might uh, yeah, I'm mixing up. I'm in my mind. I'm going to movie gallery, not blockbuster, because we we didn't have money like that. No, we went to movie gallery, and I'm mixing. We went up to the movie this, gallery. Yeah, there was a, a VHS of Days of Thunder, and there was a boat movie right next to it. So when I said that in my brain, that doesn't become one movie. By the way, but uh, yeah. So what else uh, is on your list there, partner? For me, okay, so let's see. Uh, what did I do with it? Okay, uh, of co- oh, we just mentioned Jaws, of course. Oh. Uh, Jaws Word is... Word of advice. Michael, at some point, we're going to make this a segment. <laughs> Michael is going to progressively cast Jaws. <laughs> like, Michael will hit you with, like, I'll give you an example. He hit me with on the phone one day. We were talking about when Godzilla came out. Ken Watanabe was in the movie. <laughs> And we were like, dude, he's so good at everything. He's just so subtle and so good. And Michael, in his uh, his inebriated status, says, if I were to recast Jaws... That does sound just like me. Ken Watanabe would be the vote. <laughs> and they started an ongoing thing where Michael would hit you with an actor. And Regina King would be... <laughs> so that would definitely... You'll hear a lot of those. In I fact, just, one day we'll just dedicate one of these to Michael casting Jaws. I just love Jaws. Jaws is great. It's great. Uh, all right. So next was Planet of the Apes, the '68 version. Not the Marky Wahlberg version. No, not the Marky Wahlberg version. Did you like the new movie? I did. I did. I did. I did. Uh, Some of it's lost a little bit. With like, I missed the the only series where like the makeup budget got worse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They and and the story got more fantastic and less believable. Uh, it. it, it I call it the Nolan Dark Knight syndrome. Okay. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's 
the ones made uh, with Andy Serkis playing Caesar, they're good, but it doesn't hold the same uh, nostalgia for me because Planet of the Apes, when I grew up, being a child of the 80s, I grew up on reruns, retro TV, and movie marathons because that was my babysitter. So Planet of the Apes was just something that was always on. If you had basic cable, it was on one channel, guaranteed. Yeah. At Except any given point. Theater. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so I grew up watching that and just being completely enthralled with it. And it's never, the first time, it, the first time I saw it, I was probably in high school because I had always seen it in pieces. Right or through commercial breaks or something. So the first time I actually sat down and watched it, it blew me away as far as how good this movie was. Especially when later I learned about the budget and all the movie, you know, the shooting problems and like exactly what they had to get. The fact that that movie exists at all is beyond comparison in terms of quality movie for me. So I, I understand like why the left or left, I know that they did, a Wizard of Oz nowadays, even if it was shot for shot, but they just did a CGI Tin Man, like there's something about the makeup and like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. I feel you on that. I feel yeah. you on that. Um, and of course, it's Chuck Heston just overacting his, at, overacting his ass off and just chewing the fuck out of the scenery. But you wouldn't cast anybody else in that role, though. Like, why not? Mm, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Make, make a note of that. We'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. We'll what come back that? to that. Who would you recast uh, in uh, Planet of the Apes, Planet the original Planet of the Apes? Already got that down. See? Good uh, job. See, this is why we hired you for nothing. Exactly. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's. For you, what what was next on? All you? right, well, there's a bunch of com. I'm a comedy buff, man. The other ones, they kind of all came out right around the same time. 2008, 2009 was like a big year for comedy. It was like. Pineapple Express came out, and like Step Brothers, like Step Brothers came out around that time. So, these movies I've seen, like I can quote you Step Brothers, top to bottom, pretty much. Like if that movie comes on, like I just, can attest. I, I know it's a lot of people. Like I like it over Talladega Nights. I like it over the other guys. But like that to me is Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley at their best. So I'll give you another pack of three. But uh, it's Tropic Thunder, which my God, like, <laughs> And I got a whole, we're going to do a whole segment on Brandon T. Jackson one day because he is the underrated star of that movie. For that guy to come in as a relative, I mean, oh, yeah. an unknown actor and hold his own against heavyweights like that, like, give that. I mean, literally everyone else that he shares in fact, every we'll, scene with. We'll start this segment now. Underrated <laughs> performance of the day. <laughs> we'll start this segment this motherfucking episode. Uh, Brandon T. Jackson. Brandon T. Jackson. Brandon T. Jackson. Shout out. Love seeing you in Top in BoJack Horseman. That's right. That's right. He was in Big Mama's house. Do something. Was he in Big Mama's house? Yeah, the third one. Why I know that, I don't know. (laughs) My racist grandfather took, (laughs) went to go see the Wait, 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 wait. wait, He came back and he was like, it was okay. Yeah, anyway, Brandon T. Jackson's in the third. Big mama's up. 
But yeah, but shout out to him, man. He was an underrated performer in that movie. Just, I mean, true. Downey, everybody remembers that. I mean, come on, man. Jack Black killed it. Ben Stiller, say what you want. That guy is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's been consistently funny for 20-some-odd mm-hmm. years. Like, get out of here. So those three are my other package deal of just like, it was a good time for comedy. Wait, you said... Uh, uh, Tropic Thunder, Walk Step. Hard. You didn't say Walk, walk oh, Hard. Walk Hard is top walk 10. Walk Hard. Easy. Easy. But that movie, I do like a lot of stupid stuff, and that movie is stupid. Yes. I will go to bat any day. It is a great movie. I will the go songs to, work. It is I will absolutely movie. go to bat with you on that, because that movie works because everybody is in on the joke. Yep. That... Everything that they say is just the height of ridiculousness. It's all, if you are a music fan, it's all just music references. If, if, if you have, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I love every genre of music. They reference every genre of music. And quite frankly, the songs really kind of work. Like in a weird, like weird owl kind of way. Even they like really the, work. When he sings the song, like a life without you is no life at all. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful song, and it's it's supposed to be funny, but it's like it's a great song. Like let's duet. I know people that are not in the country music. <laughs> my friend, I, my friend Mike Wentz, which I'm sure you'll hear about on this podcast. Uh, he saw Walk Hard, and he's like, the music is great, and yeah, that's not his genre of music by any means. But it's the greatest. If you've ever seen a a music biopic, this the is greatest. Ed, it, it's it. the it's the it's the it's every music biopic you've ever seen, it but was. in the best way, in the in the most satirical, laugh out loud way. And John C. Riley, who actually credit should have won to every do, Oscar, should have won every Oscar, but also is a like classically <coughs> trained music and dance man, like yeah. in, in the very in a very real sense, crushes it because he just does every genre of music ever. Yeah. Yeah. I will go to bat for you on that yeah, one. That walk hard, walk I, hard I, I admit that I love stupid stuff. I, I will fully take that out. But Walk Hard, I will say, is a, is a good movie. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of hitting y'all with some package deals. But to recap, all the comedies, Ladies, Man, The Pest, Half Baked, Mall Rats, Walk Hard, Step Brothers, Tropic Thunder. I know a lot of them are modern. I still love, like, obviously, like, Monty, uh, Monty Python. I like Holy Meeting Grail. the Life a lot, but the Holy Grail is, like, you know, Ghostbusters, but. For me, I'm talking my personal favorites, the one that I've just like stuck with and rolled. No argument there. Well, I definitely had Tropic Thunder on my list on there as yeah, well. So that's that's it's it's one of the to me, that's one of the greatest comedies ever, just especially as, as a movie lover. Like as much as I as much as if you love if you love music and you listen to Dewey Cox or you watch Dewey Cox, right. if you love movies, Tropic Thunder is just a send up to every movie you've ever seen yeah. ever. And I think it was born out of uh, uh, Justin Thoreau, which everyone knows as an actor. He, he co-wrote that. Yeah, that script. They were joking about they watched a special feature on Platoon where like all, I think it was Oliver Stone directed mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he took them to like some camp or whatever, and they tried to imitate like war. And they were like, Johnny Depp apparently woke up and Spider's like, you're dead, Johnny. Or whatever. <laughs> and, like, and Ben Stiller just thought it was the funniest thing. He's like, you're trying to imitate the the horrors of Vietnam with a bunch of like Nancy boy actors uh, <laughs> like it's a real experience and so yeah so if you want to make war you gotta become war yeah so. I didn't draw first blood <laughs> all right let's keep it moving all right so next for me is a double I, I'm gonna throw a, a, a double package deal on there 
The Princess Bride and Perfect Labyrinth. Ooh. For very much the same reasons. They're definitely similar in spirit. Yeah, yeah, very similar in spirit. Uh, Princess Bride to me, perfect movie. Just yeah, it's hard to argue. It's made in a very classical 1940s style, like very a, a bunch of Hollywood backlot sets created in a studio. Classic costumes, the sword fighting. My God, just my God. The, I I read an interview one time with the. Uh, the fight coordinator of that movie, who is world-renowned sword expert, like his name escapes me at the moment, I forget, right, right. forgive me, but he basically said that of all the people he's ever, ever worked with, Carrie Elwes and Manny Potamkin were the most dedicated and the most skilled because not only did they have to do everything correct, in sync, with real swords, but they also had to do it left-handed and comedically too like it's a serious scene but it's like, like it's like you know we'll get into this later but like the arts of being martial like when you can tell a story through yes. a fight yes big yes. props so exactly those two i don't consider them to be martial artists by any means like when the artistry comes across in a fight scene i'm all for it well but it's I'm the same it. it's the same thing as like pro wrestling when when right. oh you'll get a lot of these <laughs> <laughs> i'll save that one yeah, yeah but yeah but yeah it, it's it's Telling the story through the art of the dance or through right. the art of the combat is so important. And right. that was, it was, it was mastered in that. It was so beautiful. And then, of course, you throw in Andre the Giant and just it's a very quotable movie. Yeah, 100%. Just, brilliant. And then Labyrinth, same thing. It's Jim Henson at his best. Yeah. He's allowed to be as weird as he wants to be. He's not constrained by trying to keep it necessarily PG, like not that he would want to go really hardcore right. or anything, but he like, does have like he does kind of bring that but he does this element like Tim Burton esque kind of yes, where it's like yeah, that yeah yeah that it's, dark feel to it, it. It's him it's him being I mean essentially the whole movie's about a kidnapping and Pretty about much. a guy who desires a girl who is way <laughs> under his league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh true confession though, I didn't I watched both of those movies a tremendous amount as a kid. And then I went back and watched. I haven't seen them for like 20 years. I need to go back and watch Labyrinth. But I saw Princess Bride recently all the way through, like less than, I don't know, maybe six months ago at mm-hmm. the most. I forgot. I, I literally watched it five yeah, days ago. <laughs> yeah, I went back. I was like, this is a perfect movie. Like, there's no. Not a scene wasted. No. Not not really. Like, that movie moves at a really brisk pace. Yeah. Brilliant but, movie. Uh, but anyway, so Labyrinth. Childhood nostalgia, I love them. Yeah. They're yeah. hard to argue, though, so I got no notes on those. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all will learn very quickly on this next one. I am a Johnny Depp guy. I don't, I'm <laughs> not going to get into whatever's going on with Amber Heard. Um, that's not what this is about. But nope. um, I, Johnny Depp was like my first man crush, like bar none. And one day, uh, uh, Lorraine's friend, my friend, Jeremy Vidor, came over went to uh, the video rental place. And uh, we rented Blow and Donnie Brasco in the same day. And Blow has easily become one of my favorite movies of all time. I think Ray Liotta is perfectly utilized in that movie. He's the most understanding. Like, he's amazing in that movie. Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz are both just powerhouses. Um, God, what's the... Uh, because I'm talking about the, the bad guy in the movie. The guy that has the oh, uh, Diego Luna. 
Is that Diego Luna? I think so. I don't, I don't know. Is it? I don't Research know. it. Look it up. Let's Google Hold Google on. that. Go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Um, but yeah, below. What was it again? I got it. I got it. Yeah. Below. I don't think it is Diego Luna. I could be wrong. But either way. Yeah, below to me, I've seen that movie. It's like if I'm scrolling through and it's on TNT or TBS, I'm like, fuck, because it's going to be like a three and a half hour investment and then I'm just going to stick it through. Um, Jordy Mola. Ah, that's it. His name was Diego Delgado. That's I know it was Diego in the movie. That's why. Anyway, but yeah, like, fuck me, Diego. He's like, damn it, fucking for real. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot. Also, Paul Rubens. Yeah, Paul Rubens. Yeah, yeah, and Ethan Supley. Yeah, he's Derek fucking for real. <laughs> Just cut out the middle. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> so when Ray Liotta does the does the cheers to uh, to uh, Johnny Depp, and they're like, may the may the stars always shine, may the sun always be on your face, and the wind always at your back, whatever. It's a beautiful. It's an movie. Irish. That's an Irish. Uh, yeah. Salute. And how Johnny Depp goes for like when his mom calls the cops on him. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm doing this for your own good. And then he ends up marrying a woman who does nearly the exact, the exact same thing. thing. He's got a fucking kilo yeah. of coke in the trunk right why now. Don't you, why don't you fuck me anymore, Darch? Like, it's the greatest. And she ultimately is like, oh, yeah. That guy's tragedy is, I mean, great movie. Anyways, but yeah, below. So, what's the other Johnny Depp? Oh, yeah, I can just go ahead. Pirates of the Caribbean. That movie is... When I was drinking, I was a rum drinker. And, oh, my God, that movie... I like them all, only because I'm such an easy mark for it. Like, as long as you have Johnny Depp make a great entrance, which he does in every movie, check, check, check. There's going to be a daring escape by him and Cassidy. Okay, check that box. And he gets into shenanigans with the bum 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 shenanigans bum, oh, my geez. bum with that score playing over it. That's worth my fifteen dollars every time. I don't care what the ancillary characters are. I, I don't give a shit. I, I'm not saying they're great movies, but like if you take Johnny, but they are. But they are. They great are. Though, they're great like, escapist movies. Like they're just popcorn munchers where you yeah. can just it, throw food and snacks in your face and be like, let's see what shenanigans happen yeah. now. Like. He's gonna do some daring escape. Oh, I hope he does a thing where he's kind of drunk. Oh, he did yeah, it. Where he swam. I, I love Captain Jack Sparrow. Like my <laughs> friends and I, that was a cheers for years. Is take what you can, give nothing back. That's right. Like I freaking love those movies. Like yeah, I'm not great right, for that. Great <laughs> my Mountain Dew for me, sir. But yeah, I love. It's just such a good action movie. Like I understand. I think Annie the Jump. I watched a lot of Indiana Jones as a kid. If somebody were to say like, oh, that's my favorite adventure movie. I full credit, like sure. that's, that's one of the Godfathers of the sure. But like, it's just, just to me, and like Pirates was hitting me at the right time in my life. Like, I was already a Johnny Depp fan, and like if you take him out of that movie, it's a completely mediocre movie. It's like Val <laughs> Kilmer and Tombstone. You take him out, it's a it's a good movie, but it's not great. But Johnny Depp carries all of that. Speaking of which, that there was that was one of my uh, one of on on my list actually was Tombstone specifically for Val Kilmer. Just as good as that movie is, as well shot as that movie is, the name of the yeah, game is George P. Cosmatos, man. He's directing Cliffhanger, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I know weird stuff about weird things. <laughs> that was not Google. That, that was, was a weird connection. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He, wait, and he also did, uh, he recently did like. No, he died. No, he died back when I was in high school because I wrote a report on it. Oh, never mind. We had to do a weekly news event, and I saw that, and I was the only person who knew who he was, bro. He's also... There's something else he's done. Yeah. I'll look it up. Anyways, we'll put a pin in that. Uh, yeah, cliffhanger. But yeah, he also did cliffhanger. 
but yeah, uh, uh, Tombstone, Tombstone. The, <laughs> the name of that game is Watch Bell Kilmer because Bell Kilmer, Bell Kilmer. That dude has the best lines. I, I mean, as in a cast full of premier names. I mean, you have Kurt Russell, you have Sam Neill, you have uh, Bill, Bill Pullman. Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton. I'm sorry, Bill Paxton. I'm sorry, yes. Bill Pullman was the president of Independence Day. We'll that, that's that also rated performance. That's later. also going to happen a lot of this podcast. No gangsters still all time. He's like, I'm gonna fly this motherfucker. Uh, but, uh, uh, Michael Bean, uh, not Powers Booth. What's his name? Um, oh, everybody, bro. Who's who? Who played the the, the main cowboy? Um, I'll figure out. Uh, but anyway, uh, name of that game is just Val Kilmer makes that movie. He just has the best. Michael Bean was Johnny Ringo. Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Was it Powers Booth? Yeah, he's William. That was probably okay. I got it. Okay. Stephen Lang, everybody. Stephen Lang, Michael oh. Rooker's in it. That's right. Charlton Heston was Henry Hooker. What? Really? Chucky Heston's? Apparently. Anyway, yeah. Good. So anyway, that movie just keeps yeah. getting better. Uh, apparently. So yeah. Yeah, Val Kilmer is the glue in that movie. Like everyone's performance is fine, but like in my just personal opinion, it's like you take him out of it, it's a good movie, but it's not like. It would be it would be a great movie even without him, but his presence in that movie it, yeah. elevates it to such a level that it is impeccable. It is it, it it's it's a splendor to see. He he takes that role and does so much with it. He's instantly like whatever's going on, your eyes are on him. Like I mean, instantaneously. Instantaneously, he is the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, no, that's I. I watched Tombstone a lot when I, I I used to go to Best Buy like every single Tuesday when, but um, yeah that movie. now have you heard the recent controversy about this the Huckleberry and Huckleberry yes Val yes. Kilmer and the screenwriter have said we wrote Huckleberry really at, at least to what I read so to what because I actually went down that rabbit hole can you cite this information or I will look for it <laughs> no, no 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 this is. This podcast is not about citations. Oh, this yeah. this is about blind, yeah. blind opinions. What we think. <laughs> I don't know the reason that Well, actually, uh, you guys are full of shit. And yes, we are. First off. All right. You want to take a quick break real quick? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Hit, let's hit pause. We'll come back. Here's a word from our sponsors. And Uptown our... Cafe. If you like fucking Rubens and you're in Tallahassee, <laughs> go to that place and make them proud of the best. See, this is why we hired you for free, <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. We are recording now, and thank you to our sponsors of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe Law Firms and the Weinstein Company for... Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks for our spots, and... Uh... Cigarettes have been smoked, drinks have been poured. <laughs> Thanks to our uh, official mascot, Camel Joe. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I still got $90 in Camel Butt from a cash in one day. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Where so, did we last leave off? Uh, Tombstone. 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 Doc Tombstone. Holiday. Doc Holiday. Name of the game. Watch Valley Kills. All right. All right. Um, I guess it's back to me, right? Yep. All right. There's another movie I based my life off of, and it's Bill and Ted. That did not make the list, but... I do love that movie, but his co the star of that in the Matrix. Oh my God! Call me what you want. 
I love not only I love the first Matrix. I love the whole trilogy. Yeah. Let's just be very frank here. Uh, you can say what you want. Every person I know that hated those movies, uh, the handful of people I saw it in the theater with, their jaw was on the floor during like the Ducati scene when Trinity steals that when they're fighting on top of the yes. truck. The siege on Zion, like get the fuck out of here. That's 14 minutes of just mayhem. But the first Matrix movie was it just man if you weren't alive when that hit theaters like i never saw it in theaters and i hope that they bring it back whenever they drop the new uh what's the new one resurrection yeah movie yeah the greatest gift you ever gave oh, me God. <laughs> michael has a i'm gonna let him tell the story but michael has a, 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 a propensity i think is the word i'm looking for uh-huh. to tell a story that is a story that happened to me <laughs> and Mike would be like, this one time I was 6'5", and I was graduating Leon in 2005. So, like, the, what? so the greatest thing that ever happened was, Marcus went and saw The Matrix, and I asked him about it. And I was like, hey, what's The Matrix about? And he was like, I can't tell you, because anything I'm going to tell you is going to ruin the movie. All you have to know is, there is no spoon. And that's 100% how that happened. Right? <laughs> but no, I... It, yeah, it, my my two older brothers went and saw it, and they were just like, "Dude, we're not gonna tell you what happened because like anything we tell you is gonna ruin it." Like you said, but like they pretty much said, "Like this movie is made for you." Like I was yes. a Karate Kid growing up, I was a Ninja Turtle, I was all of that shit, and it's rolled into one. And man, like that first Matrix is arguably, arguably the greatest action movie of all time. Not even, uh... I mean, of all time, we're talking. You can argue other action movies. Highlander. I mean, Highlander is the greatest movie of all time. It did win a Academy Award for best movie of all time. It, yeah, look it up. How many? It's Oscars in there. Not, it's gonna say zero, but that's because there's not a number. They can't. They just haven't updated the Wikipedia page yet. Exactly. But now the Matrix, man, I love that, man. Like that changed the way, like yes. my movie going experience yes. changed after the Matrix. Man. Yes. Like the bullet time, like the Yo One Ping. I think is I might be boxing yes. his name. The 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 guy. I mean. That was like a masterpiece of his, like the wire foo, everything. Like, say what you want about Keanu Reeves. I would have personally done all of his movies. <laughs> all of them. There's not one out of them like, I don't know about that. The gift, fuck out of here. I love Keanu Reeves. Get the truck! Yeah, the gift, <laughs> look up the gift. Oh my god. Also, Katie Holmes movies. Katie Holmes is movies. She's a wholesome girl. Um, yeah, man. Speed, check. Yep. Uh, Dracula, Constantine, check. Constantine, check. Yeah. Walk in the Clouds, check. Man, all that. Devil's Advocate, What's Evan Gilbert, great. That was not Keanu Reeves, that was Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, sorry. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> but yeah, man, I love that guy, man. Bill and Ted, check, all that. But uh, John Wick, man, John Wick is, and I say, mm. this the best, I say this in the best way possible. John Wick is a Jackie Chan movie. And like the third one now, it's just like, like when he's just throwing the knives like egregiously in a knife shop, it's like this is a Jackie Chan movie. Like, and I mean it in the best way possible. Shout out to Sean Moten who brought that to my attention. But so, yeah. full confession time, I have only seen John Wick two. You gotta get in my that. entire life. I get the concept. I want to see more. Just never made the jump. I want. I want to yes. be there. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that they got a fourth one coming out. But forward. that also being said, I haven't seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies, so That's a whole different. Yeah, I, I'll get there. I'll get there. It, yeah, that's a whole different thing. But whatever. But yeah, no, The Matrix. I I love those films, man. Like Bullet Time changed it all. Action movies weren't the same after that. Like 
I mean, the mind fuck of it all. I mean, I could do a whole hour myself on just Matrix Which, 2 on Matrix Reloaded. So we, I'm sure when the new one drops, we'll, we'll circle back to this. Cause we, we actually, in my opinion, wrote a better third Matrix movie than and we will get I, I really do hope we get into that because I really want that out there in the ether somewhere so that just somebody can hear it and understand where we're coming from. Yeah, the Matrix. Matrix, yes. Anyways, doggy style. That's a ladies' man reference. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I did not doggy style. Okay, so <laughs> next for me is I, I and again I'm gonna do uh 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 two at a time. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna dump two similar ones. Uh, the thing. Okay. And Alien. Full confession. I know about the movie. Never seen the thing in its entirety. I know, I know. One of the best yeah. horror movies. It's one of those things I know so much about it just because it's in so much of the sure. pop culture like ethos or whatever. I've never seen it in its entirety. Now, do you know like do you know the ending in terms of like do, like do you know who turns out to be? The, I the saw thing? the remake and I saw no, 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 no. did. I'm just saying I've never seen either one in their entirety. I've seen. The majority of the of the first one, mm-hmm. and I saw the remake. A vast majority of that, so I wasn't as thrilled with the remake. Mm-hmm. But like, I saw the ending of that one, but everyone's like, "That doesn't." But well, because the ending of the, the the remake is just a prequel, and so it literally ends with oh, okay. the opening scene of the first oh, okay. movie. So it's not necessarily <laughs> a, a remake as much as it is a reimagining, reboot, right. prequel, yeah. like. Whatever they call those. Whatever, yeah, yeah. It, where they're trying to cover all their bases, where yeah. it's like, it's not the same thing you've seen before, but we're going to do something different, right. but not really. Right. No, but like, yeah, full confession, never seen that in its entirety. So, so worth it, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Especially I mean, if you are into the horror, like, whodunit. Yeah. It, it is really interesting to see the twists and turns that that movie makes in terms of who ends up being possessed and who's really on whose side and and it ends so ambiguously and so nihilistic it just it it really touches me in a way in a deep dark place like it yeah. that's that's satisfying it, it's it's almost right. it scratches that itch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. like oh everybody's fucked and yes. uh so Avoiding spoilers if you haven't seen it. Like I highly, highly recommend it. It is one of the best sci-fi movies ever made, right. especially if you're into the horror mystery genre or the 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 thriller aspect. Similarly, I love Alien because it is just the the essence of the story is there's somebody in the house, but it's set in space. Yeah. Which, to me, adds an extra element because you can't run to the neighbor's house. You can't right. go down the street and call the cops. You can't. You are stuck with this thing that is an unstoppable killing machine. And it is going to kill you. It is going to get you. It's going right. to kill you. Yeah. If you don't do something about it. And, quite frankly, gives us one of the most badass female... Oh, 100%. Protagonist. She's the queen of that shit, man. Ellen Ripley is the shit. Yeah. I once saw a meme that basically broke down Alien as smart woman tells a bunch of dumb men. Yeah. 
the best way to handle the situation. Nobody listens to her. Everybody but her dies. And it's perfect to me. Yeah. It's 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 the isolation of that movie that like yeah. we were saying earlier, man. It's like there's no help coming, there's no cavalry, there's no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like Yeah, no, that movie is and then you add it on with there's no CGI, there's no Yeah, it's it's a masterpiece, man. It's all shot in very old school format. It's very claustrophobic, very That's tight knit spaces, very you feel the the ambiance of you are on this ship and you have nowhere else to go. It is imperative that whatever the problem is, whether it's an oil leak or we run out of food or whatever, or an alien invasion where we're all gonna die. We have to solve this fucking problem right. right now. Right. Yeah. I would say if, I know they've kicked the idea around a few times, but if they were to ever do a Metroid movie, I would yes. want it to feel similar. Yeah. Those games are so much of, it's Samus Aaron alone, or Aaron Aaron, however you say it, alone on a planet. And it's like, I need to upgrade my, I mean, yes. obviously the premise of the game, she loses whatever powers at the beginning, but the isolation of those games is like, that's how I would want, if they were to ever dream like that movie, that's how I would want it to feel. Of like, I'm alone on this planet, and it's... Side point. Right. Side point. Who would you cast as Samus Aaron? This, I'll say this, and I know that somebody made, uh, I forget whoever that really popular guy is who does the fan fiction posters. When I saw Brie Larson as Samus, I was like, that is actually spot on. And I, whatever you think about her as Captain Marvel or her attitude sure. on the set or whatever... She's a good actor. She yeah. won an Oscar, like, hands down the room. Oh, yeah. She, she earned that. Too. It wasn't yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a handout. Like, oh, no, no, no. She, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think she would be good. Um, other than that, I would probably go with, like, a no-name, just because then you don't really get the attachment of, you don't really, because you didn't even know Samus was a girl until the end of Metroid 1, and it was a secret ending. You know what I mean? I like, agree. So attaching, I mean, you could know, obviously, the movie's going to play into that, just from a marketing thing, you're going to have to. But, like, to have somebody so, that you have no attachment to of previous or very minor previous work, see, I think that would be important. Here's my thing. I go the opposite in terms of you can't play off that no one knows that Samus is a female. Well, so, I, I, so I would say lean hard into it, Angelina Jolie or Charlize Theron. I mean, Charlize. Just, is just get some huge, some huge actress and back up a truck of money. Because you're not going to be able to recreate the magic of, of no one knows that Samus no, is, is I, I know that. Like I was saying, from a marketing standpoint, you're going to have to lean. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't market it as like, you. they're going to lean on the, like I would. I'm not a marketing whiz by any means, which is a stepbrother's reference I'll <laughs> uh, well, I'm not Prestige. a marketing, I'm not a marketing whiz. But, um, We've done the graphs, the science. Yeah. You put liquid paper on a bee and it, it died. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I would lean into the fight just the unknown, so that way you can at least have a little bit of dissociation from her and not have any prior baggage of what you. I mean, Charlize is gonna be good in anything. Angela's yep. probably yep. gonna be really yep. good in yep. everything. Yep. But for me, like I think Brie Larson would be really good. And if if not, then probably just go someone you've seen a few times in a TV show and was like, oh, she was good in that. Like, see, I I but, think that there's not enough connection to the general public with Samus and the the Metroid franchise that you almost need to attach a big name star in order to to draw in the people who know nothing about it the thing is though is you're going to spend the only budget is going to be i mean it's, it's, a, it's special effects she's 100%. the only one on the planet 
she talks to holograms right. and like statues right. most of it and like oh, yeah. ancient computers so sure. it's easy so i mean budget wise if you could do it 60 million that's not like a crazy i mean joker was a what 50 million dollar movie 55 million yeah but 20 million of that went to walking yeah. phoenix so yeah but that's what i'm yeah but but that's what i'm saying like you could spend half the budget on a big name draw and then the rest of your budget is just all special effects and right. digital you know cgi and all this that the yeah. other and I would be totally involved in that movie, right. like totally right. invested. Yeah, why not? So yeah, Alien though. That would be Alien. Yeah, that would be the five that I would want if that movie hypothetically would exist. I'm into it. All right, I'll get you one. Uh, the Soloist. Michael, I don't know if you've ever seen this in its entirety. Have you? I have. Yes. You have? Yes. I've seen it exactly twice because it is an emotional movie that I need to make a commitment for. I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't just watch this and put it on in the background and be like, oh, let me just fold laundry and put on the solo. Yeah. like, this is an emotional journey that I have to be invested for and be ready to commit to and be like, oh, I'm going to feel like shit for the rest of the day. It's not, it's, I don't know, to me, it doesn't end on a downer ending, though. Like, it's not, there's nothing, it's sad circumstantially in the fact that I don't feel great after Well, yeah, because the realization of like, oh, there's a lot of homeless people and there's a lot of mental sure. health issues that are coincide and it's just sure. like but to me as a person that struggled with a lot like addiction and like a lot of my own mental health mm -hmm. stuff and like just that feeling of hopelessness and like i don't know man like and this guy finds his outlet in music and it's like he's i don't i don't use this term like to be you know derogatory but like he's crazy over music it's the only way i can describe it like he's so infatuated it is his everything yeah. like it's, great... it's the only soothing thing and it's like it, it's it's every force in him. And like I think you're about to say the line from Robert Downey when he talks to uh, Do you wanna go ahead and do it? Yeah, when he's like, I've never loved music or I've never loved anything as like much this guy, as this guy loves music. This guy loves music. Yeah. And he says it to his ex wife and she's like, Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Downey and Fox are so good in that movie, man. Like that movie, I just it's part fantasia, it's part yeah. just human struggle, like it's part uh, yeah, that movie. James Fox won in. He didn't win shit for that. No? Nope. Did he get nominated? No. Nope. Not a one. No? Nope. There was, an, there was a nomination in that movie, no? Uh, not for acting. No. But there was an. Uh, not that I, I. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Put it in, research that. Let's come back to that. Just make a note. Yeah, I don't think. Not Oscars. I'm sure it won. We'll make it in our corrections in episode two. Yeah. <laughs> where we would just apologize for fucking everything, everything that we said. said. Yeah, like, every other one of these <laughs> backpedaling. Like, actually, uh, if you look it up, fucking. Uh, yeah. I'm saying off the top of my head, because I thought that it was Oscar worthy, and I remember when the nominations came out, I didn't see it. I'm sure there's there's so many awards. It could have won a SAG award, right? I'm sure it's probably nominated for a handful of things, but Oscars wise, I don't, I don't think the Academy saw it, but. But yeah, no, Downey in that movie and Jamie Foxx, that movie, I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah. And it, it just speaks to me, man. Like, when he's sitting in the theater and, and Downey uh, gets him to go see the I love how you keep referring to him as Downey and not as his character name. Like, every movie, uh, yeah. every movie with him is just Downey. It's never like it's Tony Stark. It's either it's either Tony Stark, which is a direct reference, or it's just Downey. It's just hey man, Robert, <laughs> the, the, the incomparable, the wise, the brilliant Robert Downey Jr. And, uh, yeah, when him and Jamie Foxx are in the theater, and like 
they do this sweeping motion. Uh, there's just so much camera work in that. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Transforms into him, so. Yeah. The it, solo. It's a really well shot movie. It's, in it's terms of when they're they get him the cello for the first time underneath yeah. the overpass, and they start to incorporate the city into the score. It's just all the sweeping camera motions, and they follow the dove over the city. It's just like it just it takes me somewhere. A movie that I, I like to. I agree that it's not necessary. It is hope in the fact that they have found lifelong friendship, and the whole point of the movie is that, like, Jamie Foxx's character, it's like, chemically having a friend does something different to you, and that's what the guy at the, uh, the shelter or whatever is trying to explain to you. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and so it is positive. Everybody's medicated him. Everybody's tried to tell him what drugs you need to be yeah. on. But what does he really need? Yeah. He Are you going to be here or not? Are you going to be here or not? Right. Are you gonna... A lot of people have told him. Yeah. Diagnosed and this, that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that movie transports me somewhere and that that to me is is really a, an important factor so anyways uh so going from that you could either go into uh another musical movie or you could go into another robert downey jr movie so which one do you want to go to you roll the dice baby let's do it we could talk on rdj all day <laughs> okay go ahead go so ahead. first off kiss kiss bang bang First off, is the top of all of this list. Don't worry about any of that. We get that, the incomparable Valley Kilmer. That's key and piece sketch. What they do, this is Downey's career, and this is Val Kilmer's career. This right. is their trajectory, and they meet. That is Michael and I summed up in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is a shame. Like Michael Kim has been critical of some of Shane Black's movies. I'm just like, I like this guy. So we get a pass on everything. <laughs> Even the Predator, I was like, fuck it, Shane Black, let's do it, baby. Not a phenomenal movie. This is the mark of what I want in a Predator's movie, but it's Shane Black, baby, let's roll it. All good. Anyway, All good. what were you saying about what, which direction? Uh, well, you could either talk about another mu- musical movie. Just roll it. Go ahead. Or you could talk about RDJ, which is your... Oh, you want me to? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, well, I'll keep it... I'll keep it musical at the moment. Hustle and flow. Yes. Hustle and flow. Uh, I won't do it on this podcast because this is not what this is about, but I am a music guy myself. I rap, I've made beats, I play drums and bands. And uh, the scene where Whoop That Trick comes together, it takes me, I still get chills. Find a DJ. Yeah, find, find a DJ. DJ. And like, I, you'll hear, I'm sure I'll say this a lot, there's when he's selling drugs to the dude. And he's like, that thing plays, man, it plays like flute. <laughs> And he's like, fuck with me, DJ. Fuck with me, DJ. As I other in my daily routine of saying stuff. I love Hustle and Flow for a lot of reasons. It's I understand some people are like, oh, it's just Terrence Howard doing whatever. Like, sure. Some people take it as kind of a gimmicky or whatever. That movie, when I realized that it was a heist movie, as yes. opposed to that's what got yes. me. It's yes. a heist movie. Go yes. back and watch yes. it. When the scene comes on in, the same level as Casino or Heat or anything it, else, it's a heist or, movie. Or, or Dead President or anything. It is it is a it is a movie about a guy who has got a game going. The fucking con artist. This is a guy who is just making one deal to the next. He's One trying to just to make it all meet when he cries in the church and he's just like, he's sensing the power of something yeah. greater than himself and he cries. Like I said, when I realized it was a heist movie and then they do the montage of, of everything in the thing, of everything in the thing, everything in the movie coming together and it's uh, uh, Isaac Hayes asking him, like, did you know Skinny Black before that day? I, and, yeah, yeah he's, he's in the movie. He's asking DJ about... Yeah, Isaac Hayes in the movie? Yeah. 
That was Isaac Hayes? Yeah, that was Hayes. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I promise you. Okay. Watch me be wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, actually. <laughs> but no, and uh, the, um, the key puzzling. Yeah. You're like, this is my life, and it's a battle within. I got to survive, even if I'm sending to win. And if I show no remorse, I reap the devil's reward. Everyone loves Hard Out Here for Broken Everyone loves sure, like that. Sure. That song to me is the climax of the film when it's all come together. And no, he didn't know Skinny Black. No, he's he's got a better bag of weed so he can sell it so he can get his foot in the door. Like mm-hmm. he gets the chain just for this moment. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he kisses uh uh Tari the Taraji P Hansen's character. I forget her name at the moment, but um, it, yeah, just, just yeah, Taraji P Hansen. Yeah, yeah, also, most underrated performance. Fucking ever, yeah. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal in everything she does. Yeah, that hustle and flow, man, is like as a music guy, as a I don't know. Everyone thinks it's just like him being silly, like a pimp or whatever. But right. he's incredible in that movie, and that was easily the best song of that year. So well deserved on my Oscar. Shout out to Three Six Mafia. So they deserve. They it. captured Memphis. Craig Brewer, man. As a director, that guy's got a, a hood path, man. As part of them, and uh, he also did. Uh, he wrote Tarzan. He just did coming to coming to America. But he also did, he did uh, Black Snake Moan. Black Snake Moan, which is another great musical yeah. movie because Christina Ricci's movies. I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a great one. But, yeah, but also Sam Jackson being a Black Snake a, is evil. Black Snake is up. Yeah, being a, a soul singer of a blue singer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Shout out to John Singleton for producing both of those movies, by the way. Watch the behind the scenes features on the DVD. Uh, you'll learn that I'm, I go hard on the movies I love, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. But um, he's joking about it. He's like, man, uh, back like 20 years ago, I was making uh, Boys in the Hood and I could barely get any money. Now I'm tying up white women in Mississippi. Who knows? Shout out to John Singleton. Rest in peace on this part. I'm a fan of your body. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Damn. Now I'm sad. Yeah, well. R.I.P. Yeah, John Singleton. So, yeah, I was with Flow is my jam, absolutely. It speaks to me a lot. So, anyways, the second best musical movie ever made behind Walk Hard, Huey Cox Story. Yeah. (laughs) Ray's really damn good, too, but that's that's a whole different time. Just to tag on what you were saying, the scene where. The song all comes together. Like I've I've never been musically inclined. Like I it's just it's too difficult for me. Right, yeah. But to see that scene where they find the DJ, DJ the they, bum, they, bum, yeah, bum. find the DJ, find it. To and where it all comes together, to me I got it. I I, 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 I understood the energy and the, the rush of creation of something artistic and it's it, good yeah it really it 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 does inspire me it, it in terms of like fuck i want to go write something i want to yeah i want to be a rapper i want to i, I want to figure out music i want to yeah whatever 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 like it just it leads you on such a path of it's such a beautiful moment of creation it's the birth of venus it's right. it's uh, Michelangelo's, you know, the the, the, the Sistine Chapel, you know, God creating man. It, it, it's it's this beautiful, visceral, visceral, yeah, that's a, yeah, moment of creation. And like when I've been in the studio before, and I've I've one take some things myself, and it's like 
the energy that is captured, I know that it's not the most realistic as to how it, how it actually goes down and like, but the fact that they're kind of bootlegging this stuff all together and like the mics are all jacked up and like the energy that is felt though when like, you come up with the hook or you come up with like the, the drum line that's gonna work and you're like, oh, that's the one. Like, right. Yeah, when yeah, it yeah. all comes together, man, being in that, it captures that feeling that I that I got when I've been around stuff like that. Sure. Whether it be Paul Dixon, shout out all my three and a half drafts. Um, three and one quarter, three and one half, baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like when those guys do something and it's just like, you're just like, man, that's it. There's no other feeling that sure like, creation of music can yeah. produce. And hustle and flow has a lot of something like that. So, and even just to turn it on to me, the, the, the inspiration of like, when you hear a good line in a movie or when you hear like. The jealousy, the, the the Schadenfreude, the 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 moan of like, oh, why couldn't I? Why why not me? That the the, the low hanging fruit of it, it it was so there, it was so obvious, and all they had to do was translate it. And there's a moment of like, damn, they did it, you know? Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, I don't know where we go from there. Um, the only other thing I have on my movie list is The Jerk, which Talk to, on me, that. to me is, it's the, the pinnacle of American-made movies meets British comedy of this <coughs> absurdist humor. I saw this movie when I was probably... Our father is a big fan of this movie, it, too. It, yeah. it's, it's probably one of his favorite movies. Yeah. And I saw it, I didn't understand it at first. And the, it, it's one of those comedy movies that the more I see it, the more quotable it becomes, the more I understand right. it, the more I understand just the absolute absurdity of it's the movie. It's not like a punchline joke movie. No, no, no. It's, it's completely just ridiculousness. It's, it's almost like a Saturday Night like, It's a Saturday Night Live sketch. Saturday Night Live cut that it's like a saturday night live sketch but in the best way possible in terms of it's just a series of vignettes of right. silliness right like almost like monty python almost yeah. like faulty towers almost like They're just plot devices in between like yes, a yes. Series of how do we get to the next silly right. sequence right yeah like, that's a good way to put it Almost like planes, trains, and automobiles, or or uh, National Lampoon's Christmas, or 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 any of those things. Uh, but that to me is the pinnacle of it. It, it. it opens up with one of the best lines ever: "I was born a poor black child in the south," and it's Steve Martin, who is the whitest motherfucker dude ever, who gets shred on the banjo. By the way, shout out to him and the Steep Canyon Rangers. <laughs> I didn't know. I knew that, did you? Watch that. That's what I do. My basketball is Encyclopedia Stupidica. Right. That's right. No, the jerk is up there. I remember you showed it. Uh, this is what, yeah. I won't do a Michael moment. But I remember he rented, uh, it, they were doing a movie night at uh, our friend Caleb's house, my godfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, oh, we're going to rent some silly movies. And Mike was like, oh, let's get The Jerk. And then, like, some other thing was like, y'all rented Legend, mm-hmm. The Jerk, and I can't remember, uh, something else. I think it was like Monty Python or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Michael put on The Jerk, and like, 
at least 80% of the room was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what the hell are we watching? I'm like, you don't get it? You don't get it? Please, you think it's funny. You need to protect It's funny. He Watching him go to bat for it taught me a lot about Mikey. Like, he, he, was, I, he I stands will, by his defense. I will stand by the jerk because yeah. it's Steve Martin in his prime. Yeah. And it's, there's, there's, there's no better comparison to just absurdist humor. It's just one series of silly situations after another, which I love. It's a cartoon. It is. He, he is completely Bugs Bunny, Roger Rabbit. He's completely Daffy Duck Dude. the entire series. So Speaking of all the Steve Martin, how did his comedy record sell? I've seen the video and I get it, but there's so many visual gags. He's like, I'm going to walk funny like an Egyptian across the stage. <laughs> it's a hilarious bit. How the fuck did that sell as a record? Y'all inform me, my older crowd, whoever might ever listen to this. <laughs> How the fuck did that sell as a record? So, for our 50 to 85 a, crowd. I got an arrow. <laughs> a record. Oh, man, I don't get it. Whatever. So, for all you baby boomers out there, yeah, please right. write in to I don't give a fuck dot yeah. Google dot com. That it was funny at the time, Marcus.com. <laughs> Oh man, I don't even know. We will be coming with an official website right. as yet to be determined. As yet to be determined. We can't guarantee it's going to be safe for work, but. Yeah, you know. whatever. <laughs> uh, I think I got, I'm well over 10, but I, just, I was asked to do a list. Like I said, it's going to change constantly. I'll go a little bit faster here, but this movie is not just my favorite anime, it is one of my favorite sci fi films of all times. The Great Akira. Yes. That was, I remember when it came out on DVD and everyone was super pissed. They're like, oh, they changed the dub. And then I heard the voice acting on it. And whoever they got to do the new voice acting, smash it out of the yeah, park. Like, I agree. They, 100%. That, I was so worried about 100%. that. 100% percent killed. Because I, what It happened, was so iconic. Like, everyone knew it a certain way. And they're like, oh, we're recasting it. And it was like, everyone made it different but their own. It was, they, whoever recast that, whoever well, recast it. Because here's the, here, here was the problem, was... With the very first literal translation, I think that they just did a straight Japanese to English translation, which doesn't work. Yeah. In the redub, they made it more modernized. They they changed yeah. some of the terms, some of the some of the phrases. Yeah. In order to subtle differences. Yeah. In order to appeal to an American audience, which for me worked. I don't, nothing was lost in my opinion. No, 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 no. But I was such a fan, like, this is showing my age a little bit, but like, sci fi, before they just started playing whatever, they used to do Saturday animes. And back when we had uh, VCR, VHS, we would tape it. And I taped Akira one night, I stayed up yep. all night until Akira came on at like two in the morning, and it was the uncut version. And I taped all of it, tried to cut through the commercials and all that yep. stuff we used to do back in the day. This was back in the day where you had to actually sit down and watch the show. And when they came to commercial, you had to get up, press pause on the VCR mm -hmm. to not record anymore. Mm -hmm. And then wait, 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 yep. wait, wait, wait. We're finishing up the Taco Bell commercial. Oh, here we go. Right. Yeah, No. I so I had that on tape and then I watched it. Until the, the head on that thing was busted up. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that started a long trend in me going to video stores and renting animes that were only in Japan. Like we had a comic book shop, Cosmic Cat, and they had all the old Dragon Ball Z's oh. and all that stuff. And everyone, because they would they would release them on Cartoon Network up to a certain point. But John and I, my, my best friend, we would go to Cosmic Cat and just get all the movies and just take whatever. So we were so ahead of the curve and we would just spoil people's shit for people. Like, now, do you now do you remember... 
when they kicked you out because they caught on to the fact that you were recording all their tapes because you would you would go rent something like in the morning go back i don't think that happened oh no they they definitely were like uh we know what you're doing i don't remember maybe that. this is a john shuck story maybe i don't, I don't think that happened to me though i think i just stopped going because i stopped being able to get a ride out there. <laughs> no because john shuck at some point definitely never mind we'll cut this yeah, out yeah, I, yeah, I don't know that never mind never like, i could be forgetting about it no, because John Shuck told me a story who was like, oh, yeah, they totally were like, you can't come back anymore because we know what you're doing. Like, I think you're mixing up the Pokemon card, right? Uh, yeah. Never mind. Let's they cut never, that. They let's cut that shit out. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that. Yeah, because they, we'll never, cut that they never caught a stealing Pokemon card, but they were like, yeah, you guys can't come back anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the Pokemon card. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ne- never mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the fuck is Kyle McCann going to kick you out about? It's just, they were doing the same thing they did. <laughs> okay, shut the fucking business up. Alright, uh, make a time note. <laughs> Cut that shit out, because I don't know what the fuck Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> alright. Alright, yeah, so Akira's that one. And I think I got one or two more on the list. Iron Man it started off the MCU. Man, that movie is a perfect fucking movie. Like... Well, I'll get in. We have a whole Dark Knight spiel that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. We both like the Dark Knight, but we have some issues with it. Uh-huh. I think Logan is better than the Dark Knight, but I'll mm-hmm. say this. Iron Man is a perfect movie. There's no part of that sweater where you pull a thread and it unravels. Sure. The whole second act is him just tinkering in a garage, and it works beautifully. Like, it was... It's a perfect movie. Like, I can't... It's so fun to watch. Downey is so good in it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And caught us up to, like, I mean, just, like, within the last year or two of that was Civil War. And that was when Iron Man came out, like, officially was, like, took all of Like, it caught us, like, 40 years of comic history, two hours with some change. Sure. Know? Like, we were up to modern Marvel at that point. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him admitting, at spoiler alert, yeah, spoiler at the very alert. end where he's, like, I am Iron Man. That literally caught us up to the modern day in the comic books. Yeah. That movie is so good. It's a brilliant origin story told so well. There's not a wasted moment. Every no. single frame is absolutely necessary and absolutely advances the plot. As much as I would retroactively not like to admit, RDJ is the perfect Tony Stark because I'll admit. When that movie first came out, when I first heard about it, yeah, in 2007? Six, I think, whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. Not when, when it came, came out, out. in 2008. Right, know? right, but when it first announced the casting, they sure, made sure. the movie, and then they cast it in, like, 2006 or something. I was not a huge fan, because I thought that it was going to be the most whiny, narcissistic, non-capable, just, just princess, pretty boy, Tony Stark ever. And they absolutely made it work. 100%. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was so perfectly cast to be the misanthropic, rich boy, you know, rich playboy, alcoholic. All of the above. All of the above. His star persona online, man. I remember we. I when I cast it, I was reading an article on IGN.com, and they had a picture of him, and I think it was uh, Good Night and Good Luck. And it was yes. a black and white. I remember Michael took the mouse 
and like kind of like in his mind drew like a little goatee over him was like, <laughs> like kind of doing like a little like with the mouth like imagine it in his mind and he's like I guess I can see it and I was like Michael trust me I'm like, trust me trust me you were absolutely right on that 100%. and I wasn't like crazy hip to Robert Downey Jr. at the time like I I just what little bit I knew about him was just like I, I just had a feeling it was just like this is what it's gonna be well because this was about the time that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out yeah, and well, so yeah, yeah, around that time. Yeah, and yeah. so you, I I distinctly remember you telling me, watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and tell me that he's not going to be a good Iron Man. And I literally watched it and I was like, I see your point. I just need to be convinced. Yeah, didn't and he long. did it. Yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, Iron Man is it set off the Marvel universe. Yeah. It. And you're going to hear a lot of Marvel Universe talk on this podcast. Because we're Marvel Chills. We're getting like $3,000 a month just to talk about exactly. Marvel movies because we love that shit. Yeah. We will get into We got, yeah, all that. I love the MCU. To me, it all starts and begins with Iron Man, man. Like, it's. It I, set the pace. It yeah. really did. Yeah. So, to move on to the final, the one. Uh, anyway. Uh, as you will find out, I am a huge Kung Fu movie buff, and uh, one of my favorites, I'm not saying it's the greatest Kung Fu movie of all time, but Way of the Dragon with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris is the shit. I watched that movie 80,000 times, man. That's my absolute jam, man. Like, unquestionably, so my shit. I'm not going to pontificate on that one too much, but if you like Kung Fu movies, I understand, like... Enter the Dragon is a better movie. Uh, there's plenty of, like, The Raid is a better Kung Fu movie. But Crouching man, Tiger, Hinge Yeah, Dragon. There's, there's better. Sure, sure. To me, that shit is just the epic showdown of Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee in the Coliseum is just... I mean, they call each other out. The score. It's, it's perfect. It all comes together, man. I mean, one of those words, they allow each other... Time to stretch at the beginning and <laughs> recognize the warrior in the other one. And just, that's all, yeah. You just watch it. If you haven't seen that, again, not the greatest, but my favorite. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Which also ties into how did Chuck Norris perm his chest hair There's a into scene such a into such a delicate formation. Delicate formation. Like a like a dewdrop of the luscious V, of, luscious V of, of chest, drop from chest, chest pubes all the way down to my ball. <laughs> when we first, when I first bought that movie on DVD when it was released, I played it for Michael and I gave him like it. I fast forwarded through all like the the dialogue, all the bullshit, yep. And I was just giving him like, all right, they're doing this, all right, they're doing yep. that, all the bullshit. And there's a scene where somebody challenges Chuck Norris when he gets off the plane to come fight Bruce later, and he, this dude like is talking shit. And one of Chuck's goons steps up in front and he stops him. And he has this look like stops. Like Do dead. you see this fucking this outfit? Like do you see this? Do you see these wide lapels? Do you see this? I'm dressed all in white. You know I didn't show up for this? Come on. Do you see these fucking shades? And he just handles this dude so quickly, but it's Michael got the abridged version, him and his and Caleb, and they were just dying laughing. So just like the abridged, like, yeah, don't worry about this, this is what's happening. <laughs> and every time Chuck was on, but yeah, by the way, run up on Chuck Norris. He was a back to back open sparring or open whatever sparring champion. So run up on Chuck Norris. It's not just hype. Also, just to tie in, 
I don't know that this is actually actually confirmed, but as I've heard it, the director had to tell Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee to slow down because they were moving so fast that it wasn't catching up on their frame on the camera frames per per second. Probably. I know Jet Li, they shoot him fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those two, like, Chuck Norris has come out and said that, like, yeah, I really don't think it's, like, he was kind and respectful to me, but, like, I don't think Bruce Lee liked me at all. Like, no. he was really trying to kill me. Like, yeah, he's about it, man. And Chuck had to be like, hey, man, like, we're shooting a movie, The right? man literally ripped chest hair of out of Chuck Norris's <clears throat> body. So, Bruce yeah. Lee is a badass. So, yeah, that's the list, man. Go watch, yeah, go watch Way of the Dragon, or I think it's Return of the Dragon, and and some of the other versions, but yeah, Chuck, just Google that. Google that fight. Just houses. watch Chuck Norris call out Bruce Lee from a car across the Roman Coliseum. It's like a half mile away, and they just zoom in like it's bam, super bam, bam. <laughs> It's great. So yeah, so that's the list of, uh, they'll probably fluctuate, but that's a good idea of what we're into, some of our likes, some of our, uh, some of our personality traits reflected via cinema. Uh, I hope so, it. I hope it. You know, we'll get we'll get some good contact. It, it'll be alright. Yeah. Tucker, have you seen any of these? Mm, not many of them. We're cutting all that shit out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What a, oh, I've seen Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Way of the Dragon. Uh, Return of the Dragon, or whatever it is. So that's all for us tonight. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and call it here and uh, sign off here. Uh, too sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet. As always. And thank you much. We'll catch you next time on the As of Yet Unnamed podcast. Dudley Boys out.